Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us on one of the 47 radio stations. Maybe you are listening on iTunes or you're watching on YouTube or commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, we have a cool show for you today. I always look forward to this show. We're going to talk about the hotel industry, the hospitality industry. You know, the hospitality industry has had a great run for the last several years. They had some really tough times in that industry in the recession, but things have been going really well. Well, how's it going now? What should we expect in 2016? What should we expect moving forward for property level performance and for cap rates and sales volume? Well, we'll find out today. Please welcome my first guest. We have Mark Woodworth. He is president of PKF Hospitality Group Research, which is now PKF CBRE Hotels. Thanks thank for joining you. us. Yeah, thank you. We also have Jack Cordial. He is professor of real estate at Cornell University, and he's also senior advisor with PKF CBRE Hotels. Mark, thanks for joining us. I mean, you're Mark. Uh, he's Jack. Right? <laughs> you're Jack. Thank nice to you. to be with you, Michael. Yeah. Well, I don't know Jack, I guess, all right? You don't know Jack. <laughs> well, Mark, get us started here. How has the hospitality industry performed in 2015? Is it is still doing well? Uh, doing well. And just so you know, everything you said in the lead-in was, was perfectly correct. Oh. So you you have done your homework as usual, Fantastic. so, so, so you. commend you for that. Uh, 15 was literally a record year for the U.S. lodging industry, uh, specifically record in terms of overall occupancy level. Uh, the, we finished the industry finished up. I think Jack, it was north of uh, approximately 66 percent. Never been that high. Um, and interesting enough that that uh, the expectation is at least our current forecast for 2016 is we're going to see more of the same. Uh, demand will once again uh, grow at a faster rate than will supply. Therefore, that record occupancy level we realized in 15 is going to get even higher in 2016. Uh, from a longer range perspective, we think that, 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 that we, it's probably plateaued at that level, but we're going to stay and kind of hover, you know, persistence at the peak is, is one of the ways that, uh, that we think of it. So the expectation not only for 2016 to be another terrific year for U.S. hotels, but we should likely see that at least for another year or two beyond that. That's fantastic for the industry. So 66% occupancy, that's really a record for the... Never been that high. Wow. Okay. Yep. What about average daily rates? Where are we on? on uh, that's an interesting part of the, uh, uh, in one sense, conundrum that we're seeing in this particular cycle and that while demand, as you said, has been growing very, very nicely for five, six years now uh, since the end of the Great Recession. Um, uh, and supply growth has been below what one would expect given the level of demand increase. Uh, where we haven't seen as much uh, uh, real growth is in pricing. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until the third quarter of 2015 that in real terms, prices, average daily room rates had returned to their previous cyclical peak. So it was a very slow recovery in terms of operators' ability to get those price gains that one would expect given how strong those occupancy levels uh, have been. And Jack, I don't know if you want to add yeah, I mean, the, to that. The, the good news here for real estate investors is the mix now between occupancy and, and ADR is decidedly in favor of ADR, which drops to the bottom line more, profitable, more, yeah. uh, more efficiently and produces uh, greater NOI growth. So as Mark indicated, um, we, we believe that there's more rate growth uh, in these numbers, uh, the occupancy numbers, and uh, we'll see in 16 if that materializes. Okay. And we've had, we've had uh, now six, 2015 represented the sixth year in a row, six years that we've had double digit increases on the bottom line. 
I mean, as you know, it's all about profits um, and, and being able to take those revenues well, that's what and I deliver hear. it. That's what I hear. There you go. So, um, well, we think it is. So um, That's true in brokerage, too, right? <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. what I hear. That's right. So, um, and we've never seen that. I mean, in fact, we, we, our firm has uh, uh, data going back to the mid-1930s, and the last time that we saw six years in a row, six consecutive years of bottom line NOI increases in double digits was in the late 1930s. So we're I literally- I didn't think you were that old. What are you, a grandpa? <laughs> we have a colleague, Robert Mandelbaum, who is that old, and he was there, and he, can, he swears by it. So, uh, but anytime you see that kind of behavior that occurs literally once every 70, 80 years, you say, boy, these are truly, these are remarkable times that we're in, and, and they truly are. And I think, you know, one of the messages, Michael, that we um, have been com communicating some time to our clients is that um, um, there, realistically, there are no threats to that. Um, we have alternative scenarios in terms of, you know, what happens if the economy is a little stronger than what we think it's going to be. Uh, conversely, what if it's a little bit weaker than the, than the expected case uh, scenario? But even under even some of the downside scenarios, it still looks really, really good. So the big room for improvement, I guess, uh, occupancy is almost, I guess, considered almost full in the hotel industry now. So, so now they can raise the uh, rev par, right? They can raise the rents uh, right. on these spaces. So that's where your real upside is. So how long do you expect this to last? I mean, we're into 2016 now. How far can your crystal ball uh, show us? Sure. Yeah, well, Jack, you want to speak to that? Well, um, on the demand side, um, the, the models that we run are really for, for ADR and, and demand are, um, are driven by occupancy and real personal income. Um, real personal income uh, is, is is increasing at a very rapid rate now in relative terms historically and is projected to increase at that rate of three to four percent uh, going into 16. So as long as people have money to travel and they aren't afraid to travel we're going to see continued increases in uh, ADR with slight increases in occupancy. So for the next three years, five years? Well, we don't have occupancies declining until I believe it's 20, uh, late 2017. So, so we've, again, we've got a very good run, mm -hmm. but even then it's gonna be because of, of principally two things. Supply growth is continuing to accelerate. Developers are figuring out a way to get, get deals done. Uh, and two, that there's that, uh, you know, as, as I think of it, there's that economics 101 concept of there's a relationship between demand and price. And as room rates continue to escalate, there is a, a natural negative response on the demand side. And so, uh, for example, travelers that maybe have said, you know, I was gonna take a three-day trip, the room rates are so high now, maybe I'll make it a two-day trip or a two-day trip becomes one. If you're people like us that live in Atlanta, it's fairly easy to make a day trip, right? You get up extra early and get home a little bit later, but you've saved the price of a hotel room. You know, we're in that part of the cycle where we're seeing more and more of that kind of behavior. Yeah, but, and, the, and the cushion is pretty large. So even though we see a, uh, a retreat to some degree of uh, occupancy. Two years there's, out. There's still yeah, a, yeah. a big big cushion there before we even get to long run average. Okay, so good times <clears> through <throat> 2017. What about the different types of hotels? Is this across the board for resort, full service for everyone? What do you see in there? There's virtually, uh, from, a, from a property type perspective, there really are no exceptions to that. I mean, there's some variation within that. Uh, when we look at it from a market perspective, certainly some Markets are doing much better than others. 
Uh, you've got places like New York that have gone through an extraordinarily large uh, uh, amount of supply increase. You have markets like Houston that are getting the double whammy of lots of new hotel rooms and with the energy pullback, decreases in demand. So you've got the kind of the worst scenario there where you've got more rooms coming in but less people buying them. Uh, so that's uh, uh, something that we're watching very, very closely. But uh, again, it's, it's hard to come up with uh, uh, negative news or really threats to it, but we have some thoughts on that if you're interested. <laughs> yes. Okay. We want um, both sides. Hey, what, what could happen that could Well, be and Jack, it's probably wrong for me to tee this next thing up this way, but, but um, we're getting lots of questions and we have a lot of interest in Airbnb, mm-hmm. you know, the sharing uh, economy. Uh, and uh, just at a very high level, you say, well, they must be competitive with, with hotels. Uh, you know, consumers now readily understand that um, I have a new option that I can avail myself of. It's not just going to traditionalhotel.com to rent a room or to one of the online intermediaries, but now I can go to places like Airbnb or HomeAway and, and so on. I mean, the awareness of that, that option is, uh, is growing uh, exponentially. So we're, um, so even though we just spent a few minutes talking about the record conditions in the U.S. lodging industry, um, on one hand, it's truly remarkable given we've seen the sharing economy and, and specifically people like Airbnb grow phenomenally during the last three or four years. So you'd say there must be no threat that's coming from there. But on the other hand, what we do hear from a lot of our clients is, you know, we're, we're paying attention to that. We're looking and we want to know just what's out there, how competitive are they, what prices are they getting. So we're spending a lot of time and energy right now trying to get our arms around around this, this new player in our traditional hotel space. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, it seems like technology uh, is disrupting a lot of industries. And I know my wife just the other day uh, recently went to uh, Athens to watch a UGA game, and she used Air- Airbnb, yep. stayed in a little apartment in a house and just really loved it. Well, stay tuned. We're going to have more on the hospitality industry. We're going to talk about the investment market, talk about cap rates, and a lot more. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're talking about the hospitality industry. My guests are Mark Woodworth and Jack Cordial. They're with PKF CBRE Hotels. And, and gentlemen, you talked about how, how great it's been. I mean, we have record occupancy. We have increasing rental rates. We have really good news in the, in the industry. Seems like everywhere is what you're saying. So what about new supply? That truly means <laughs> that there's a lot of new supply coming online, uh, that it's time to build. What do you see? Uh, in certain markets, there are, in fact, there are lots of new supply. Uh, if we step back and take a more macro perspective for the U.S. as a whole, uh, and if we benchmark where we are today relative to the same point in time in previous cycles, the volume of new development activity today is about two-thirds of what, what we would expect. Um, Part of that, we think, is explained by the uh, lack of pricing power, the slow recovery on room rates. And, and, uh, and Jack, I know, has done a lot of research in this whole notion of the relevancy of 
room rate levels in real terms relative to the economic viability of a new development. Uh, but another key factor has been um, on the, uh, the debt side and uh, liquidity and uh, higher than normal or what we usually see in terms of lender reluctance to get behind uh, new construction projects. And Jack, I don't know if you want to speak a little bit to that in terms of the debt to equity requirements and, and they're getting better, but that's, that's been a, been a headwind for developers. Yeah, I mean, nationally, uh, long-run average supply growth has been about 1.9%, and we're still hovering quite a bit below that uh, nationally. As Mark mentioned, there are selective markets that uh, supply growth is, is exceeding their long-run average, but on, on the major in the majority of markets, uh, we're still well below, even in some of the hotter markets. Is there a couple markets that uh, maybe uh, are billing too much? to watch out for? you had any concerns over some? Uh, the quick answer there is yes. Um, and I mentioned Houston earlier. Um, in today's environment, you, one can look at it and say there's absolutely <coughs> too many rooms coming into the Houston yeah, market. Yeah, Pittsburgh is another example. And, 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 and the, the reasons for, for those two are, uh, are, are some of the same, some are, are fundamentally different. I mentioned on Houston. Um, uh, I think that the projects that are now coming out of the ground at the time that the commitment was made and the first shovel went in, in the dirt, um, uh, people didn't know what was going to happen to oil. Right. Um, and so uh, the reality is it takes a long time to deliver a new hotel and much can change in that period of time, which is all part of the risk of being a hotel developer. Um, and that uh, they, those developers in Houston are now having to deal with the reality is that because of what's going on in the energy sector, jobs are down, overall business volumes are lower than expected, and the demand isn't going to be there. So there's going to be a long build-out. But, you know, within the same state, Austin is another market where yeah. there's a lot of supply growth, but it's being absorbed. There are a lot of people moving to Austin, uh, technology companies, retirees, and um, so... The, these markets come in two flavors, those that, that can accept the, the uh, maybe oversupply and those that cannot. Is there a market where the performance is so great that there might be some opportunities to build in? Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, we uh, have done an analysis that uh, we're going to be releasing a little bit later on uh, this year where uh, we, we, we took our, our uh, market forecast, and we, we cover roughly 60 of the largest U.S. Uh, hotel markets. And we know over the next 12 to 18 months what the supply change is going to be in each one of those markets because it's coming out of the ground today. It's going to be happening. Okay. So what we've done from a, from a, from a more of a theoretical perspective is, is we say, okay, let's, let's ignore what's really coming out of the ground, but let's run our, our models to see what the supply change should be over the next two or three years. And let's compare what history says the supply chain should be to what the actual activity in that market is. Mm -hmm. And there's a good uh, 12, 15 or so markets where it's clear developers are, are, uh, are overlooking those markets. Now, as you would expect, a lot of them tend to be secondary, some tertiary markets, and they haven't been. What's, where, an, where what's the, a couple examples markets? You're really going to have to pay me to answer. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you one. I think yeah. Reno is a market that's yeah. uh, going to going to really boom in one. the future. Yeah. It's it's way off the radar screen of most people, but you know there's a uh, a, a battery little battery factory going up um, just 20 miles uh, east of Reno, 
which is going to be the largest building in the world, um, and it's going to have a sizable influence on that market. How about Atlanta? Is there a demand for, for new, new supply here? Here's the expert in Atlanta. Yeah, there's, there's um, every um, inch of the hotel market. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to avoid being the consultant that I am and start saying, well, it depends, Michael. Right? <laughs> um, uh, if we look in certain parts of, of, of Atlanta, mm -hmm. and I don't want to make it too much about our hometown here, but um, uh, uh, you look at the Georgia 400 North Corridor, mm -hmm. it's booming. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, some hotel projects that are coming in there, mm -hmm. uh, but we think that there's going to be room for even more. Uh, lots of interest in the Atlanta airport. Uh, and categorically, we've seen a lot of interest in airports around the country uh, for new, new development uh, activities. Uh, we've been fortunate to be working very closely with the Georgia World Congress Center here, uh, and they're very interested in, in establishing some form of a public-private uh, uh, entity to help to stimulate the development of a new hotel right there at the convention center. And again, we're seeing lots of that kind of activity around the country. That's great. Now I want to get to one other question before you guys have to go back and be consultants and get paid. There we go. <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot I mean, of there's my, no check for this. <laughs> a lot of my listeners and viewers are, have some concern over the impact of rising interest rates. So for the people in the hotel industry, what might that mean moving forward if interest rates continue to increase? And I guess we kind of hope they they do. I mean, we kind of hope the economy continues to build strength and that the Fed does continue to increase rates, hopefully slowly, but they do. So what's the impact on values in, in the hotel industry? Sure. Well, let me kind of break this down. The, the, the nominal interest rate, the 10-year Treasury rate, for example, is comprised of two parts, real rate and expected inflation. Expected inflation is, is real, real low. So any increase in that, uh, that rate is going to be attributable to real, uh, real interest rate movements. And we're, we're below the long-run average in that. The cap rate's a much more complicated uh, entity in the sense that there's NOI growth built in, there's risk premiums uh, in the real estate markets built in. So I recently did a, an analysis using hotel cap rate data going back uh, into the 90s. And, and my conclusion was that a, in a 150 basis point increase in the, in the nominal interest rate, the 10-year treasury would, would generate about a 50 basis point increase in the, in the hotel cap rate. So it's not um, highly sensitive as one would think, even though uh, nominal interest rates are the most important component of cap rates. And part of that explain, is explained, Jack, I believe, by the expectation that NOI growth is gonna continue to be yeah. very, very attractive. So that yeah. strong bottom line profit lift uh, is gonna be enough to overcome a lot of, the majority of any underlying interest rate uh, and, and, and it's going to be you know fairly a slow process of yeah. building up so there's plenty of time I think for investors to, and like you to said, do there's, things. There's a lot of factors that impact cap rates and one is the uh, demand from investors to, to get sure. into the space and right. they're expected in a wide growth so so with a uh, 50 basis points uh, difference in cap rate, uh, you're, you're expecting a lot more uh, NOI growth than that than over the next two or three years, yeah, right? So it offsets, so value should continue to offsets. improve, even though cap rates increase, right? We believe so. Yeah. yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you. So your grandpa now? Yes, yes. Uh, Miller, uh, Miller Preston, hopefully he's listening, but he doesn't know what it means. So <laughs> we'll teach him. Yeah. All right, thank gentlemen, you. thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Okay, thanks, Michael. Michael. All right, yeah. and stay tuned. We'll have more on the hospitality industry. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the hospitality market. You know, we've looked at the performance of the hospitality uh, industry of hotels around the country and looks like things are doing really well. The outlook is strong. Well, is it time to buy a hotel? Is it time to sell a hotel? We're going to talk to a broker who sells hotels in the southeast U.S. to get a look at the sales market. Please welcome Tom French. He's president of the hospitality group with Bull Realty. Tom, thanks for joining us here in Studio One. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, let's talk about cap rates. That's what my listeners and viewers uh, tend to want to know about. So what are you seeing for cap rates for various uh, hotel uh, products around the country? Well, what we do is, is we track um, cap rates uh, in the southeast, and we also then monitor them um, by the Smith Travel Research chain scale. Mm-hmm. So we've got a breakdown across um, the market. So what happens is the, the luxury market has lowest cap rates. Um, those that are in the economy and independent obviously are having the highest cap rates that are out there. But all in all, what we're finding is cap rates are running between six and a half to eight and a half percent, depending on where you fall um, on the chain scale. Well, those are pretty good uh, returns then. I mean, uh, compared to some of the some of the markets we're seeing, some of the sectors. Very true. Yeah. What about the buyers out there? So, you know, who are the buyers and sellers? Who are the movers and shakers in this uh, in this space right now? Well, you know, I, what we hear a lot is is we've got people that are trying to buy and they're going, oh, I don't want to buy. There's, you know, the REITs are buying everything. And ironically, um, of the top 20 sellers last year, most of them obviously were REITs, which was different than what people anticipate. And um, the buyers were also a lot of institutional grade buyers as well. But when we look at all of it, uh, what I thought found interesting is, is that four of the top sellers were also four of the top buyers mm-hmm. last year. So the REITs and the investment and private equity groups are actually selling um, their properties. So when you look at it, for those that are a traditional buyer, um, about a little less than half of the market is still available um, for product that's out there. Okay, so if you're not a REIT, uh, you're still probably buying half of the product out there. That is right. correct. Okay, all right, well, great. Well, is it a good time? So, you know, it looks like the outlook is strong for hotels, and, you know, the interest rates are good. If you have a hotel uh, and you're considering selling it in the next three or four years, is it a good time to do it? Absolutely. If you, if you consider your capital, you look at the debt structure that's out there um, and, and just the dynamics of the market, um, obviously, there's some pockets that don't work as well, but, but you know, monitoring the southeast, we can kind of expand up to the whole U.S., but what we're seeing is, 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 is that if this is the time to sit down and look um, and to take serious consideration um, of getting out there, we find a lot of the sellers are families um, or private owners that are looking to retire. Um, they want their capital back out and go do something else with it. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense. Uh, you know, if you look at where we are uh, in the cycle, you know, you, you're going to get your biggest prices in an expansion uh, part of the cycle where we are. And you never know what's going to happen uh, around the world or around the, even the U.S. that it could impact uh, hotel performance and values moving forward. So, well, so what are some of the factors that if you're investing in a hotel, 
or buying a hotel uh, yourself, uh, what are some of the factors that you may want to consider? Well, I think the the one factor that comes out above anything else is, is if you own a if you're getting a franchised property, um, the franchisor is um, being very very strict and stringent on their product improvement plans. They are very large. Um, because that's the only time that they have to bring the product up to where they want it. Um, and what we're finding is if the product is eight, nine, 10 years old, they're into a different phase um, or a different generation, and now they're going back and asking to have um, building exteriors done, signage updated. So that is triggering where the cap rate's gonna be. So if all of that's done, cap rates are low. If it's not done and it still has to be there, obviously the cap rates are rising. Um, other than that, um, what we're finding is, is people are taking a really close look at the capital expenditures um, that have been done at the properties um, to see if, if, they're, if the mechanicals and all the rest of the systems are in good shape because that's what's going to dictate what they've got to put in in the next few years after they purchase the property. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess you're also uh, looking at that, that sub-market and kind of the, the new supply uh, that might be coming uh, online around it, right? Yeah, from, from a supply standpoint, I mean, and I listened to what Mark Woodworth had said, um, I think everybody is still kind of amazed at the lack of supply. Um, obviously, there are, like we said, there's pockets, but especially in the secondary and the tertiary markets, um, those are still real strong markets. Uh, people that want to be in the major metropolitan areas are, are, are going to struggle um, finding product um, and they're going to be select, but the secondary and tertiary markets are still really good and will continue to be that way. Great. Well, Tom, thanks for joining us. We mm -hmm. appreciate you being in Studio One with us. My pleasure. All right. Well, thank you. Well, stay tuned. Next, we're going to have a uh, major developer and operator around the U.S. and get his look at the market and what he sees moving forward. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Are you in accounting, banking, or technology? Advertising on this show is an incredible way to reach U.S. commercial real estate participants. Visit CREshow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Well, today we're talking about the hospitality industry. Uh, hotels around the U.S. Please welcome my next guest. It's Robert Habib. He's president and CEO of First Hospitality Group. Uh, they're a national hotel management company that provides management, acquisition, development, and receivership services. They're focused on hotel operations in Chicago and the surrounding Midwest areas. And he is joining us on the phone today. Mr. Habib, thanks for joining us. Yeah, good morning, Michael. I'm glad to be here. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, we'd like to, to look at uh, the industry from, from your point of view, right? You're, you're really in the middle of it with all the hotels that you guys own and, and manage and operate. And one of the things that, that we've heard today is that uh, the business is doing well, that uh, there's remarkable uh, strength in uh, occupancy today uh, and improvement in uh, rates that's, uh, that's been happening. Uh, and income for these properties. So uh, is it time to build and, and kind of what tips would you have for people that uh, are maybe thinking about investing uh, in development of new hotels today? Well, we're coming off a great year. 2015 saw RevPAR, and RevPAR is the central um, indicator in hotel performance. 
but RevPAR improvements of about 7%, and uh, our, our portfolio is blessed. We're, we're right around 11%, uh, which, which is as good as, uh, as we've seen in a very long time. And 2016 looks to be another decent year, probably not a 7% national uh, improvement in RevPAR, but in, in the 6% range, uh, which, again, would be certainly a, a, a great uh, rebound from the, the uh, 2008-2009 um, fall-off. Uh, and, and hotel development is booming right now, and that, that probably is one of the biggest challenges that we might see in the future. We, we have about a 13% uh, increase in room supply nationally coming in the next year or so, and uh, that's going to be a bit of a challenge to absorb even on these strong performance numbers. So that's interesting. So I guess your tip on the development there is be careful where you're developing. Yeah, there is, uh, some markets are obviously much more active uh, than others. And in our home base, for example, Chicago, there's a, an awful lot of hotel development going on. And there, there will reach a point where uh, supply outstrips demand. And uh, that happens, yeah, you know, every cycle in our business. And uh, if you're thinking about developing a hotel, you might be too late because <laughs> most of the projects that are in some stage of planning right now um, – you know, are going to again the market of Chicago, for example, going to accumulate to about a twenty percent increase in room supply, and that's probably about as much as you want to do in any given market. Right, right. Good point. Well, brands um, are a big part of the hotel industry, aren't there? It's like everyone has their their favorite brands. So, what's the scoop on brands today? Well, you know, the big talk is this uh, uh, acquisition by Marriott International of Starwood, and and that creates. Uh, a monster brand, if you will. The uh, uh, the Marriott brands already uh, are in parity with Hilton in terms of their size, and they have a great uh, presence in, across all segments. And then add Starwood to the mix, and Marriott becomes a behemoth. And that's uh, certainly the the, the brand talk. Um, we we develop largely in the Marriott and Hilton families. We do some Hyatt product uh, as well as some uh, Intercontinental hotels. So. Um, you know, we, we, we're encouraged by that merger, but it's going to probably skew the playing field a little bit. Right, right. Well, it seems like there's uh, great things uh, ahead of us for the hotel industry, and it's certainly great now. But everyone also looks at the, the risk of, of any uh, venture today. So, you know, I guess one of the uh, risks in, in a lot of uh, industries around the country, around the world today, is kind of the uh, technology and, and, and particularly kind of the sharing economy uh, that's going on now. So how is the sharing economy impacting uh, your industry? The sharing economy is, is really becoming a big factor in the hotel industry. In, in 2010, less than 5% of consumers said that they uh, have stayed in a shared accommodation. And this year, that number is up around 30% and growing. And you see uh, a real acceptance by consumers of uh, uh, sites like Airbnb and um, a willingness to stay in private accommodation rather than hotels. And, and that clearly will have an impact uh, in our business as as time goes on. Uh, you know, we, we as an industry are really uh, pushing back on, on this kind of um, the, the Airbnb model uh, because it's unlicensed, unregulated, untaxed, and we feel it's, it presents uh, an unfair uh, playing field for hotels. And as that segment of the economy keeps growing, uh, we're, we're going to see a fairly significant impact on our performance eventually. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. What other technology out there is impacting uh, the hotel industry? Uh, you know, the hotel I stayed at a couple of weeks ago. I, I came in, I checked in, and, and everything at a kiosk, and uh, and it was really convenient. Uh, you know, you, you kind of miss the the person at the front desk, but it was convenient. What 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 is the technology doing in your industry? You know, technology tends to be driving just about everything, especially in co on the consumer space today, and the hotel business is no different. Um, we're, we're now experimenting with uh, keyless uh, uh, hotels uh, where you're going to get your key sent to your, your PDA, and then you'll use your PDA to open your door. As you mentioned, kiosks, which interestingly enough haven't been very widely received. People do like that front desk experience, but offering the kiosk as an option for somebody that's time-starved is, is gaining popularity. Uh, we, you know, in, in the hotels, we, it's, a, it's a foot race to stay ahead of uh, bandwidth demands because uh, everybody is um, using uh, their uh, uh, computers and their PDAs to, to such an extent that it seems that the more bandwidth we add, the more we have to add. Uh, and then you've got all these, you know, there's an app for everything now. And so we're, we're having to stay ahead of um, uh, marketing apps like Hotels Tonight, the market in the day for the day, and uh, these other consumer apps that allow people different uh, channels to buy their hotel rooms. Yeah, that's interesting. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to talk to Robert Habib about some of the other issues, including Obamacare and increase in minimum wages impact on the industry. Stay with us. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Today we're having fun talking about the hospitality industry. My guest is Robert Habib. He's president and CEO of First Hospitality Group. They're headquartered out of Chicago. And uh, Mr. Habib, one of the things that uh, I think some of my listeners be interested in is uh, the increase in minimum wages and, and some of the impact of Obamacare. Uh, is that having an impact on the hotel industry? You know, it, it, it hasn't in any large degree yet, but I think the worst is yet to come because both in terms of the way that these increased minimum wages are phased in over the next couple of years and the way that the Obamacare really 2016 is the, is the bellwether year in terms of um, the requirements on businesses like ours. And I do think we'll see an impact in the next couple of years of, of both uh, factors because uh, to the extent that uh, our cost model keeps rising and consumers may or may not be willing to pay, you know, on the other side, it could definitely impact our profitability. Okay. And what are some of the other concerns of, of people in the hotel industry, the, the operators, and uh, maybe some tips to, to improve performance? Well, there's no question the government regulation is, is top of mind for, for all of us because we are, in, in every business, in an environment right now where, you, where the government keeps... Uh, adding regulations to the way we do business and all of those regulations come with a cost uh we're we're worried a little bit about the labor situation uh, that you mentioned with the increase in minimum wages and just this general wage escalation that we'll probably see in the next couple of years um, we're still wrestling in large measure with how to uh, how the uh, the the internet marketplace is going to impact our business um, we just recently had uh 
uh, with, through the American Hotel Association, an awareness campaign on Capitol Hill about uh, Internet providers that are making uh, copies, if you will, of hotel websites where the consumer thinks they're, they're booking with a hotel company or directly with a hotel, and they're actually on a third-party website. And uh, there have been a lot of problems with people who show up with confirmations that look very much like a hotel confirmation, but they're they're not valid. Mm. So uh, there's a there's a lot for us to keep aware of as the you know the economy keeps evolving. Yeah, that, that that's kind of a scary aspect uh, of our internet world that you uh, pay big money and then you get to the hotel and uh, you don't have a room and uh, maybe they only have. <laughs> room for you, right? What are some of the other uh, tips for operations today? I guess, you know, you're always trying to control costs and increase bottom line proven, uh, um, profits, but, but also increase kind of the experience uh, for your guests, right? Yeah, the, and, and we have been preaching to our, our team how important it is to stay on top of, especially these peer review sites, because consumers reliably now go to these third-party peer review sites to see what they say about your hotel. And if you're not vigilant in making sure that if someone has a negative comment that you've addressed it and you've reached out to that consumer and hopefully got them to uh, either retract it or at least note that you've followed up, um, it hurts your business. And the same with revenue management. I mean, our revenue model now 20 years ago, revenue hotel rates might change four or five times a year, and now hotel rates are changing four and five times an hour. And you have to have a very robust uh, process for dealing with uh, revenue management uh, in order to stay ahead of that curve. And in, uh, in my office alone, I've got five full-time revenue managers that are looking at our hotels and analyzing their rate position on a hour-by-hour basis, and that, that's a big shift. Yeah, that's right. You can't allow just the software alone to manage that, can you? No. In fact, in fact, uh, the software is, is uh, without the human touch, the software can take you to as many bad decisions as good. <laughs> that's right. Mr. Habib, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate uh, you being on the show. Be sure and join us uh, next week. We've got a show coming up on the retail industry around the U.S. We've got a uh, show coming up on the uh, multi-family market. We've got a show coming up on the office market and a special show on the Fed's view of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit commercialsearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.